Echo. It's Echo in the room. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. Give a fuck. Clouds. Apples. Biscuits. Religion, man. Fuck. Fooks, man. Fooks, man. Desk. Migration. Films of the 1930s. Spending your money. Shoes. Scented candles. Welcome to this episode of Two Fooks, where we need to turn the fan off. (laughs) We can just turn the whole thing off. You do know how to do that. No. Out in the hallway, you just press off. Off. Night. Off off? You just press night and it turns the whole thing off. That's fine. There's echo in the room. Echo! It's Echo in the room! Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. Someone started playing that. I think it was... uh, Hello! Us Pub in uh, the cool hip hipster, hip hip hip, hippity hipster, hip hopper, hopper hippo. I said a hip hop, a hipster. A part of Savannah yesterday. In a great big outside seating area, and suddenly that came on. Hello, and, and I was like, "Really? Hi? What, what's your catchment area? <laughs> Is it date night?" <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Two Fooks, where we discuss what to give a fook about in your busy lives, rating it from one to ten on the Fook score. I'm Marius. And right in front of me is <laughs> out front was, and center. That was longer than you expected, right? <laughs> and isn't that the treat when that happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, fine sir. Good morning, fine sir. With your steaming cup of tea, and you're wearing white. And black. And black. Yeah. You tried to mix it up. Yeah. All you could manage was monochrome. I didn't... Yeah, I I got it like that. I didn't, like, dye it black (laughs) on the arms. Well, on behalf of penguins and magpies, I'm very happy that you decided to... Penguins. 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 This is not going to be fun for our listeners, but do you know why... (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) You look really serious. But do you know why penguins have a flat penis? No. <laughs> I don't know if that's not fun for the <laughs> listeners. Someone out there is going to have got that. Yeah, hopefully. Penguins. Penguins. Oh, penguins. penguins. Huh? Penguins. Pe- penguins. 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 And that's, uh, listeners, uh, we're going to teach you um, multi-language words. Yeah. Such as penguin. Hey, Marius, what's Vel- the word for a squirrel? Veltepetter. Veltepetter. That's not the word for a squirrel. No, but that was the first word we taught our listeners. Mm. What was the English word for Veltepetter? Uh, penny farthing. Penny farthing. Farthing? Farthing. Farthing. With a v, which is the, the bike with a big wheel at the front and a small wheel at the back. Mm-hmm. My son, who is three, is getting married. My son. My son, who is of three years <laughs> and fair of hair. Um, in Viking speak. Yeah. 
Marius is always if nobody out there has checked out Marius on uh, Instagram as himself I think no that's not you as yourself yes it is you as yourself with your um, you are, Norse quotes me as myself yeah on Instagram and me on myself yeah and you myself. always accompany pictures with lovely Norse quotes uh, from old uh, poems and texts um, which a lot of times nice. a lot of the times and they're yeah. all so neat short uh, I'm guessing because they were carving them in stone, they were just like, no way am I making this longer. <laughs> Could you maybe? No. No, just keep it short. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't make sense. I don't care. Just carve it. <laughs> when sky is good, meat. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you argue with it? No. <laughs> but I'm a it's vegan short. Viking. <laughs> doesn't work. Um, yeah. When uh, my son is now speaking, obviously he's in both languages and he's getting so much better at English. And he just speaks with such pride about the things that he's doing. I am put on shoe. I am put on shoes. And you're like, yes, yes, you you, do this. you are put on shoes. And you see the conviction in his eyes. He's like, I'm nailing this. <laughs> I am nailing this sentence. You're like, yes, you are. I am put on shoes. Yeah. Well, it's such a um, grasp of the words. It takes such decisive effort to do it already in a second articulation. He can do it in the one, and then he knows he's doing it in a second. Yeah. And it's so deliberate um, hmm. that it really... You, know, you see it sort of resonating, which is lovely. But do you, you only speak English to him, or do you mix it up? I try to. Yeah. I tried to. I did an <laughs> I did an event last week with Ustuhuset. We did a um, book launch for Plantepeset Kostol. Marihult. Yes, plus two other um, nutritional experts. Tanya Sachenko. Oh, well done. And another Hannah one. Something. Yeah. Very lovely people. And they uh, came to Ostusa and I was uh, Toastmaster for the event. And as I did my introductions and stuff, uh, clearly some people filmed me and put it up on their stories on Instagram. And to hear me talking to a big group of people in a big public place in Norwegian is a little amusing. Because <laughs> I'm like, is that how I sound? Is that all right? But people are always very kind and complimentary. But uh, it's... I have to find that sense of conviction in what I'm saying um, yeah. so that whatever language it's in, I'm sort of really trying to get to the point as clearly and simply as possible. Yeah. Uh, but then you really hear like it must sound a bit clunky and a little bit sort of uh, amusing to some. It, but it's, it's not easy to learn a language when you're older than in school. For sure. But I also think, or what I've discovered... I shouldn't say but, we should say and. Referencing back to Lena Anderson, the yeah. writer. Not but, but and. Um, that um, you have to sort of really grasp the choice of words. You have to be very decisive yeah. when you're learning a language. Um, but you also get the opportunity to realize how much room for consideration and choice of word there is when arriving in a new language. Yeah. And we could both start learning a new language today and 
the the root of the meaning of whatever you're talking about isn't necessarily in Norwegian or English or in Spanish or in Mandarin. It's 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 an impulse and it's a feeling. Yeah. And it's you you figure that you're actually trying to articulate that impulse as opposed to a find a particular word. True. So often I'm sort of maybe eighty percent in English and then I'll have to switch a bit or the other way around. Um, just to really drive a point home in the best way possible. Yeah. Because um, you can't always translate it. Enough chit-chat. Enough tittle-tattle. Enough scootering around the back roads of town. I'm going to come down and I'm going to say, how are you this fine morning at the beginning of the week? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking me that question. That's so kind of you. Well, I do care about your well-being generally and specifically. And uh, it is very nice to be here with you in this Tufuk setting. Mm-hmm. We got a great response to um, our last two episodes yep. that have aired. Um, and we thank people a lot. Because that is lot. wonderful with feedback. Did you see my um, hand dryer paper towel post? I, I most certainly did. People engaged. People engaged. <laughs> and people have been saying to me, people who I know or work with or meet around, who I would not. I'm not doing the podcast thinking people are listening to it. We're doing it because we're challenging ourselves to talk and think. And then people say, oh, you know, that bit with the song or that bit when you're talking about yachts. <laughs> I was laughing so much. <laughs> really? That's so cool. It's people cool. like paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> paper towels. Paper towels on the hand dryer front. <laughs> Where was that place, by the way? Or was that just a picture you found? Uh, quality residence hotel in Zones. Beautiful. I was at the vegan weekend festival thingy. The weekend. Uh, weekend, weekend. Oh, was that the one in Sanders? Uh, yes, uh, it was. It wasn't really. Uh, yes, it was. It was a vegan, 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 vegan. <laughs> a vegan, vegan. It's a vegan, 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 vegan. Imagine if it was a Wiccan vegan weekend. It was a, wi- a wicked vegan. We- oh, that's a, a wicked m- Wiccan vegan weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mouthful, isn't it? A Say vegan that mouthful. Oh yes. Mm-mm-mm. Say that fast ten times. I'm not even going to try. No, be not ridiculous. Um, I'm always messing up the V and the W. That's another common Norwegian uh, error, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, it's just because it's not quite in the same diction. It's like, mm-hmm. well, don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. I, 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 I won't uh, worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> I won't. 10 out of 10 for effort. Yeah. Good lad. A for effort. A for effort. Mm, so sweet trying so hard yeah so that was um, at the hotel mm. and I noticed ah oh, they got both here mm. they didn't have the air blade though yeah no air blade yeah, yeah. no bacteria. I'm wondering if we have even microscopically uh, affected Dyson air blade sales <laughs> <laughs> internationally by I actually tagged them on the Facebook post yeah, and that. on the Instagram post yeah I haven't seen that they've uh, reacted or whatever but there we go. They're too busy. They're too busy. They're a bit full of hot air. Hot air. <laughs> right. What's that sound? Is that... It's the food train coming. Food, food. <laughs> it's time to get on board, Marius. Have you got your bags packed? <laughs> I do. Good. 
And I see in your hands you've got your notebook. I got my food book. You got your food book. You're you're a fan of culinary experiences, right? I am indeed. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on gourmet food? Gourmet food. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I even I even sort of erred a little bit when you said I'm a fan of culinary experiences, which is why I sort of affirmatively but slightly hesitantly You like mm, Uh-huh. I like food. Me like you foodie. I like to eat nice food. Get in my belly Yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Um But the term culinary experience speaks more of a cultural uh, side to eating that uh, is something that I may be fond of trying to curate and help people experience. But for myself, you're just fine with something noodles. Yeah, I'm fine with. I really like finding something I want to eat, but that's quite hard when you're actually seeking a culinary experience because that you've probably heard or are expecting in advance. Um, And that is, if I'm totally honest, hands up in the air like I just don't care. That's not the kind of uh, eating I go in for. No. so, to come to your question, gourmet food. Right. Is that the topic you are putting on the table? I am. <laughs> I, I'm not. A he, I, it, it's not for me. No. Really. Not I for me I have to either. be honest. The reason why I'm asking is when we went to the festival, mm. we were served a four-course meal. Mm. And it's more like you get... A teaser of each dish, mm. but you don't get, you don't feel full after mm. eating, mm. and it's often you pay for the um, the aesthetic of it. Mm. I mean, the experience of it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Um, I think by default, again, the event that we did with Marie and the Plante Bazette Costal book. Book! Um, book! Is, um, it was interesting that the recipes and the way of doing it were interpreted by the chefs um, in Ulsteuze. Uh, who are very passionate about sharing plates and making things um, uh, um, an open and uh, convivial, personable eating experience because it means that we did them all on big sharing platters. So you could eat what you wanted and you could eat as much as you wanted uh, or as little. And that actually quite helps the dynamic with some of those sorts of foods that are there's a focus on flavor and ingredients and perhaps simplicity sometimes or an integrity to that one cauliflower or yeah. that particular kind of variety of a tomato or a grain or a whatever. Um, 
But if, as you say, if you happen to experience that in a portioned way, in a course structure, it can... I always feel from experience serving that kind of food that you're walking a bit of a tightrope. Yeah. Um, with the experience of the guest because guests A, B and C are going to have had different things through that day. They're going to be at a different level of hunger and engagement with the meal and they will most likely be looking for different things and yeah. then they will be served the same dish. So that same dish has to be quite, I don't know, dynamic, satisfying in many different ways for it to work for big groups of people. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, and there's going to be people listening who will be advocates and fans of gourmet food, which is a hobby for a lot of people, to save money, to travel to particular restaurants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you meant save money on eating corn no, from like no. A, no, but I mean is, like traveling, but that might be yeah. two or three. Yeah. And then you're sitting and then you're ordering you and me at a restaurant and we get those dishes. And that's a different kind of experience to perhaps doing it on a large scale. Yeah. But either way, it's still, I, I, my, my taste lies in a bit more of that home style sharing buffet yeah kind of really yeah um and i'm i'm just happy eating nice things Uh, i don't have a particular agenda with what i'm going to be aiming for um i I don't know i I, I, (laughs) there's a voice in my head saying don't say that which is (laughs) i'm actually quite happy eating what is not used or left over uh, again, I work in a big food place. I like the ends of stuff. I like yeah. the stuff that doesn't get used. I like peelings from apples and ends of carrots and corners of bread and and the last spoon of something that wasn't sort of a, used for a dressing on a dish because you end up eating something that is... I don't know. It's a unique little combination. Yeah, true. It fits how you're feeling. You can eat as much uh, as you might need to um, without it having like a... Um, you feel left to rotten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you... Well, I mean, uh, have you ever um, decided to eat fancily? Uh, out have you pursued any gourmet eating experiences prior to this last weekend uh they usually have this finer dinner party at the on the saturday Mm. this is the fourth year they arrange it Mm. and like on the the dinner on the saturday uh it's always like a four course meal or yeah but I've never went out to a restaurant to order gourmet food but you have eaten in restaurants I'm guessing I have eaten in restaurants I'm not being facetious yeah. I'm just like yeah, I'm yeah. just putting it out there um, but that would be more like Chinese restaurants or mm. Italian or 
How do how I don't actually know how long you've been vegan for, and how much that affects the choice of experience we're talking about. Almost like around five years. Okay, that's a fair old chunk of time. Yeah. So even if we're saying stereotypically going for a, something which is Italian style, comes with its challenges. True, but I've been to. I mean, there's plant-based versions of everything. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. I mean, the I've I've grown up. There's been there. There's been there are and there have been members of my family who've been more um, perhaps preoccupied with what the experience of a fine meal or a fine dining experience should be from a cultural perspective. It is a sign specifically uh, for perhaps slightly older generations of something to look forward to and to treat yourself with. Um, the problem with that is that it carries expectations again. Yeah. And I don't ha- I don't have a problem with going into a fine restaurant to, to eat something, but I don't want like an appetizer that's half a tomato and some olive oil. Mm. But I think we, we definitely had a bit of a... Um, I think we might be in our generation a bit of a victim of what happened with culinary food in the 90s that then almost decided to scale down a lot of what had happened in perhaps traditional French cooking that would do several courses there would be richness, there would be variety there would be classic sauces twists on things everything seasonal you'd get many dishes but as as far as some of my thinking can connect at this moment there was the prominence of places like El Bulli in Spain who tried to focus flavour and experience into some sense of theatre and they played with the idea of expectation of what you would be sitting and getting so you would be presented as you say you'd sit down to perhaps something that looked like half a tomato but flavor wise technique wise it would end up being an experience that would really go you'd sort of be wow this is something completely different yeah but you have to be there experiencing that to get it yeah right sharing that experience or telling people about it or building a restaurant culture around that is what i think has then perhaps happened late 90s into the 2000s where you were expected to go out order courses and be presented with them and be wowed by them yeah and they would deliver both on expectation and visual and on flavor and satisfaction and then the added thing which we've come into generationally is where they're from how they're grown how yeah. they've cut like are they um uh sustainable sources and all of that yeah and that's a tall order for anything i mean i think still fine dining stuff and gourmet stuff thrives for the audience that want that true um but fortunately we're also in an age where there's much more of a strong ground swell of support in good hearty uh filling 
local uh, grown tasty local grown food which is kind of we have to give a bit of a props or heads up or, or, or acknowledgement to the Nordic food manifesto and Noma um, not necessarily because they're serving that kind of home style homely hearty mm, food they're serving more refined stuff but they did say use just what is in your local environment yeah um, which is uh, a little bit what that book you were talking about is because that's healthy food with um, ingredients mm. Mm, like mostly from Norway mm. yeah. yeah 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 absolutely it's like some spices that's not typically grown in norway but most of the ingredients from all of the recipes are mm. like norwegian ingredients uh there's a very there's an interesting food writer called dan barber yeah. um who's an american uh chef and restaurant owner behind a place called blue hills um blue hills blue barn i think it's blue hills um but I thought it was worth mentioning the American idea of that uh, theme, which is farm to table, which um, Thomas Keller and uh, the French Laundry, which is another big restaurant over there, who in the 70s and 80s were very preoccupied with farm to table, local to guest. Yeah. Keep it simple, serve it in generous portions and allow that to give the sense of enjoyment and satisfaction um but again this is all tied up with de-fancifying what was the french kitchen <coughs> and navigating what has also been the era of fast food yeah. and gluttony and excess at the same time so parts of the population have been trying to eat as much as possible for as little money as possible and the other part have been eating as little as possible for the most money <laughs> is that even that's crazy that even makes sense here's a slice of cucumber yeah. that'll be twenty dollars please yeah. and here is seven slices of vaguely bread looking stuff with some relatively unhappy animal shoved into it two hundred dollars yeah that will cost you two dollars eat up oh, oh you'll yeah. be you'll be hungry again in two hours because there's <laughs> nothing nutritious in there at all you're talking about the golden seagull <clears throat> i'm talking about any fast food fast food place yeah. because the golden seagull <laughs> um or any of those establishments for sure there was a precedent set but it just had a rollout impact, which is still echoing in popular culture. Yeah. Of it being similar products being available in all supermarkets for people to do that at home as well. True. The default burger and bun or hot dog and bun. I mean, it's 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 um it's an, it's another thing, and why this book plant based cost um plant based um, food food and nutrition yeah. is so important. It doesn't stand alone. There's a library of stuff about it. But people do have a tendency to choose nice things when they want to choose them. And uh, a lot of the rest of the time, eat crap. True. And... It should be the opposite. Almost. 
in a in a sense, yeah. yeah. Um, every every now and again, a, a pomme frite or a crunchy fried potato, potato. or um, something a bit more fatty or something. Again, carbohydrate high, fat high, less veg, less fruit, less fiber. Maybe you want that sometimes, but it's not doing you any favors at all. In the long run. Huh? In the long run. Yeah, not at all. And uh, definitely in the last, well, as I've worked with food for years and been more and more aware about it, you asked me if I like that sort of fancy side of things. Well, again, not going to be craving the fancy food. I'm also not going to be craving the fluffed up non-nutritious food. I'm craving the super simple nutritious nutritious food yeah Um, because that's what i know i'm going to feel better after i've eaten it yeah um and i mean thanks to you on your nut munching on a regular basis i mean i've got bags of almonds here there and everywhere at the moment yeah um because a a handful of nuts (laughs) in the most uh uh, culinary yeah innocent (laughs) uh sense uh, is 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 so great? You have to work on eating that, yeah, and and then it's there, and then you feel you you're good to go. Um, put it in a smoothie, whiz it up, buy a smoothie, drink a smoothie, like instead of a chocolate bar or a bag of crisps, it's gonna do you more favors. True, with uh, uh, better flavors. Yeah. More favors with better flavors. Ooh. Registered trademark to Fuchs, <laughs> 2019. <laughs> Get off that copyright. Um, yeah. So wh- where do we take this gourmet food? Um, doesn't not seem home. like something we're hugely positive about. Yeah, we're not taking this home. No, not taking this home. Leaving that there. Yeah, leaving that in the restaurant. Yeah, you can have those small portions of stuff. Have those small portions of stuff. <laughs> I know for a fact there's one carrot in my fridge. I'm going to go home and eat that. <laughs> that would cost me. In, and I'm going to enjoy that. 50 cents. Yeah, I'm going to crunch that. It, I grew it in my garden. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. Oh, how do we. I mean, yeah. I'm going to serve this on like a 10 course meal, but I'm only going to give it two. Two. Yeah. God, I feel like uh, I'm 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 wrestling with a Goliath here of uh, food culture, but I mean it's pretty obvious um, how I feel about it for sure. So yeah. I'm uh, I mean gourmet food. I'm gonna have to say three. Yeah, that extra one simply is a tip of the hat to tradition, uh, and that three is for the good that gourmet food has done in building its traditions and, and methods over the years and what it can lend to cooks making food, all of the skills that they By learn. All, mean, all, all honor to them, but... Uh, but in the eating choice experience, then it's not something for me. I could eat it if I felt not hungry after eating it. Maybe you can ask that next time. Yeah, you go somewhere like Excuse that. Excuse me, can you get like make the portions like three times bigger? Here's a local reference, though, for anybody who lives in Stavanger who's food interested. There's a restaurant called Sol, 
Have you been there? What? Seul. Seul? Like spill? Uh, no, as in silver. As in oh, sun. S- sorry. It, well, it's kind of like Sol. Sol. It's, it's a funny logo. I okay. think it's the Swedish word for sun. Um, S O with the two dots. Okay. Yeah. And then L, which I think is the Swedish word for sun. Um, we will probably get that from our Swedish listener. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, hello, Sweden. Hello, Sweden. And Portugal, our regular listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And that Sheffield. One, and that all unknown listener in Spain. Yeah. Hello. Uh, Spain. Um, Ola senorita. That restaurant... Sol, Sol in Stavanger. They have a focus on mostly vegetarian, sometimes vegan, occasional meat. But you flag that up in advance, what you want to eat when you book a place. Where is that? I wonder if anybody listening who's been there would would register that as gourmet. Because it falls into a kind of category of its own. Hmm. It will serve six or seven courses. But... The two or three times I've eaten there, three times I've eaten there, I've left extremely happy, feeling full. But the portions aren't massive. Yeah, but... but the way of how they cook and prepare food is quite special, uh, quite remarkable. Um, And I just wanted to give a a heads up uh, to anybody in the area that if they were wanting to experience an ethically sound, satisfying... Uh, and potentially, how would you say, uh, innovative, which some could class as gourmet experience, then that is one of the places which um, I've been very happy to be able to eat. True. Um, yeah, so there we go. There we go. Uh, 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 one uh, fook uh, out of the way. One fook out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> And the car pulls up on a dusty road to a small cafe and you walk in and the bell tinkles and you walk up to the bar and you order yourself Bing! a vegan milkshake Ooh. and you sit down at the table waiting for it to be made and an old guy in a big coat, he comes up to you and he looks at you and he pulls up a chair and he sits down next to you and he says, hey, 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 hey kid. And you're like, yeah? Like, Are you talking to me? He's like, come here. You like lean a bit closer. He's like, let me give you a piece of advice. How do you feel? I feel good. Do you? Yeah. What's his piece of advice? I don't know. No, well, that is our topic today. Giving advice? advice. 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 Giving, receiving. Advice. Advice. Mm-hmm. And what that means um the reason i came upon the topic of advice what it feels like to receive advice to give advice how yeah right you're screwing your face i'm doing it too you did it before me yeah like how i mean it how does one feel when you're consciously giving advice are you actually saying something that someone's listening to you saying like probably better to tie your shoes that way instead of that way and they're thinking, oh, they're giving me advice. No, you're just saying an easy way to tie shoes. But the way people interpret what you say can also be p- 
perceived as advice. True. Which can sound maybe condescending or a bit patronizing or... Hey, you're doing that kind yeah. of wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you how to do it. That? Yeah. Even if you hadn't thought that or you were thinking, well, maybe I'll say something that might help and it might be a bit easier and the person hears it as, you're doing it wrong. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. The reason I came up with this was I asked a very good friend of mine um, who lives in Bath in England. She's a writer, uh, Jonah Din. She writes books uh, for kids and young adults and adults, and she's a great author. I think you've talked about her before. Yeah. Um, now, her daughter uh, is probably one of the coolest young people uh, I know of. Very progressive, very extremely bright, very engaged uh, with her community and her cultural interests and i was very interested um that us as two folks in our 30s guys uh, trying to navigate topics we're interested in and also thinking about what was happening in england and socio-political stuff and whatever what is it an elder teen at this moment in time in england thinks is actually worth caring about like what 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 are they burning for what is making sense what's on their agenda yeah and if it was something that we could be i don't know in case, can we kind of talk about it can we think about it can we this and that i was really surprised by the answer um which joe was kind enough to send and the answer came back um what would be good to um what should we care more or less about in our busy lives as you mm -hmm. say um, so you kind of asked her for advice for things to care about yeah yeah and the the answer came back saying that um she says we should care more about how we feel about ourselves true and about our own mental health yeah and less about what we think others think of us and trying to please them. 100% agreed. And I thought that chimed, A, very well with things that we've touched on before. And this person was how old? Uh, she's uh, 16. Impressive. 16? 18? I think she's finished her GCSEs. Yeah, 16. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. And... I felt that 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 felt to me like advice, sound, clear advice, non-personal, just good general helpful. general advice. Yeah, general advice, like you said uh, when we have been discussing political stuff. It's more about what you can do to engage with your community. That's just general advice. Yeah. It's not saying you. It's saying we. But there's also. Good advice and bad advice. Would you be so kind as to unpack that and give me an example of both? A bad advice would be, like you said, you're trying to tie your shoe. And then I would say you shouldn't be doing it like that. You should be doing it like this. Or if you were standing on a tip of a mountain... I would say you shouldn't be standing that far away from the edge. You should go even closer and balance <laughs> on the edge. 
a good advice would be like she was talking about mm. being aware of your mental health and don't care about what other people think can the same piece of information be delivered as both good and bad advice i wonder yeah like with the shoe tying thing like you can you can you can say, say it. you can say it in more like a general way instead of pointing it to the person you're talking to mm. yeah i mean it, if you've thought about it that much to deliver it in a more neutral way one would hope that it isn't coming across as advice anyway it's just a general comment um more like a um instructive comment mm. kind of based hopefully on experience of course um that's something i've been sort of wrestling with certainly in some of my own work um is uh how to make some information useful without it having personal um experience tied into it like you have perhaps figured out 10 times in a row why you shouldn't put your hand on the the cooker when it's hot but if you say that look i burnt my hand 10 times i shouldn't put you're not kind of engaging with the point true the point is to consider that is an oven it might be hot you should think yeah you twice before i'm talking to who might yeah. be small <laughs> not a small person but a, a young person, a person who might be six or five or six to say try to consider in advance that that oven tends to be a place where hot things can be warmer than you want to touch yeah and to be able to deliver that piece of information that you have built from experience in an accessible, simple way that isn't patronizing. Listen here. Listen. <laughs> Before you put your hand on the hot oven, consider this. This it's is great. an object which tends to be a place where you can heat up things. Hmm. Before you put your hands down, just think about that and consider whether you want to burn your hand or not. <laughs> if you do, go ahead. Go ahead. Fine. If not, even greater. Yeah. Choice is yours. Well, that is like enters into the one of the vortexes of parenting is because you are having those small reasoning explanations for almost everything around and i think that's where we risk in at least in a parenting capacity being we're putting too much expectation on ourselves to know enough to be able to explain all the consequences of actions but you're only doing it because you are concerned that the child maybe they then remember oh i won't touch the hot oven I'll just open the drawer with the knives instead. <laughs> and I then can, I'll go to the I can kettle, touch, which is cook the water. I can touch the cold drawer yeah. next to it. And then I'll go poke the dog with a stick. 
<laughs> in the eyes. Yeah, in the eyes. And as again, as the parent thing, what you're trying to do is refine all these simple reference areas of information around each of these possibilities. The key is, of course, that all of that really just reduces to a general sense of awareness, yeah. which sometimes comes from trial and error. You're not with your children all the time. You're not experiencing the world like they are. Um, but that will probably fun, be annoying for them. That would be weird for them. Yeah, but that's how you can sometimes trick them a little bit. <laughs> where uh, when if they're in another room and you hear a little donk or you hear a, oh no, it, and you say I saw that, <laughs> and they're like <gasps> really, <laughs> but I didn't mean to. <laughs> you have no idea what they've done. <laughs> how did you see? I see everything. I see everything. Um, but okay, so advice. Can see, you give yourself advice? I if see you dead can, people. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you can remain objective about the information you're giving, should we be able to give ourselves good advice? For sure. Like with the... <laughs> ping, finish with that then. Yeah, ping. Yeah, fine, all right. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Any more questions? Yeah, and that, I think, comes into um, self-management in a way, I guess. Self-awareness. You can give yourself the advice that this object may be harder than you want to touch. Hmm. But that's hard, I think, sometimes in unknown, not sometimes, always in unknown situations. Um, or new situations because you've got nothing to go on it's hard to give yourself advice if you're in a really busy train station and it's people everywhere and you, someone grabs your suitcase and you drop something and and you like and, and the little voice in, in your in head a stressful is stressful situation now Marvis just calm down everything is going to be fine statistically most lost luggage turns up at the gate <laughs> you can always buy a new water bottle even though yours is broken on the floor they sell them in the shop as you go through customs but that's not something you can plan for though no but you can then give yourself perhaps a different kind of advice how on to a tackle daily it basis is how to cope, cope with it with things yeah for those listeners who last week listened to the episode relating to stress, will this week be able to add on the idea of advice to self, which might somehow curtail or limit stress? Um, uh, I think advice also can fall into categories of, like I said, we feel from the wise words from this uh, young uh, teenager in England, there's advice from young people. There's also advice from elder people who've been through stuff we've been through before. Um and that's something that I'm pretty grateful at the moment. There's a couple of people in my life who are giving me some guidance for cultural projects, which I've maybe never been as able to see the uh, the way I've been working in in a, such a sort of a I'm carefully working on this and this and this, but I need I need help. I I need advice on how to put these things together in the best order yeah i made the bits but it doesn't mean i know how they're going to resonate with people or how they're going to work best um and that tends to come the best from people giving advice who are aware that 
they are giving constructive advice. Yeah. They are self-aware at their another 10 years, another 20 years. They've articulated a way of talking that can be, again, non, non-personal enough to say, perhaps you could try this. Yeah. And they know full well it will unlock lots of possibilities. But they could say exactly the same thing to the next person. And that person would interpret them differently. True. Um, so there is kind of a nice aspect to advice. You can give them more pointers than like a strict set of you have to do this and this and this. Yeah. I think it's sometimes maybe a bit challenging to detangle um, what you might just want to say to someone who you know or care about or someone you're just observing who maybe you don't know at all and feel I mean this is you can base on criticism or journalism or anything and you can just look at you and say uh, oh you probably should have done that differently yeah would have been probably easier you're like you don't know that you don't know the situation I've I've already done it I can't undo it and do it again oh yeah well would have been easier if you'd just taken that right or changed those tires two months earlier or got a different pair of shoes or changed your job last year instead of setting up for this year. Yeah. Probably would have been easier. If that's delivered again in that managed general tone, it's probably easier to take on than it is if it has that sort of... You mean uh, to ignore it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but also like... I think we come into something and this maybe comes a little bit into business management. The tone with which people deliver information can often belie their own uh, choices, decisions, because they say, oh, you should have done X, Y, and Z. And you as you are perfectly entitled to turn around and say, well, you should have done MNO. Yeah. What do you think about that? How about that? Yeah, but that's not how that information flow, that structure flow goes. No, it's not um, how that works. But we should, as individuals, allow ourselves that personal sense of perspective yeah. um, on how we interpret that information, whether whether it is advice we should listen to, listen to, do something with. Yeah. Hmm. Take upon us. Take upon us, such as a jacket on a rainy day. Yeah. Right. Should we get? I don't even know how to rate advice. I mean, it's such a. It seems like quite a big topic. Um. Hmm. Advice giving, advice receiving. Yeah, right. Advices. Good ones, bad ones. Yeah. Difficult ones, easy ones. It's not something I'm feeling the gut instinct to rate too highly in a no. funny way. I, 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 I think that without having the framework of your own considerations and your own kind of gut feeling for things, you do have to be quite careful. It can be nice to get. But they can also be annoying to get. Yeah. And they can... confusing. And confusing, of course. 
what did someone say like uh like cinnamon a little bit is good <laughs> a lot is not too much is deadly <laughs> uh maybe that's like advice yeah i've already written something so you just far away all right okay i'm gonna say advice let's say Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to say 6.5. 6.5. Worth worth taking into consideration within your own frames of reference. In brackets. Tricky for children who are still forming their frames of reference. They should be getting more advice than grown-ups. Ah, a sliding scale of advice. Yeah. We also also should then, by that degree, adjust the degrees to which we take advice at different stages in life. We should just be pretty open to it, but have a filter. This is a bad advice. I'm not gonna take it in. Yeah, How this often is a good. Do we ad- say that like as it's delivered. Yeah. Sometimes we're a bit too kind with it and just say, "Oh, very oh thank I should you. Listen to that." Mm. Mm, mm. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much for that a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Stop it's... eating hot noodles. I don't think so. Such a good advice. Good. Have you got a sore tummy? Well, yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoyed them. <laughs> I'm putting the toilet paper in the freezer tonight. <laughs> but I'm still going to eat them tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that kind of brings us trundling along. You want to the... know what my score is? Or... Yeah, I really do. Or do you just want to keep going? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Four point five. Oh, four point five and six point five. Yeah, interesting. We're kind of uh, saddling on either side of a, of a, of, of a, the neutral. Yeah, yeah. Like a cop-legged cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marius, tell so, me, on this fine week, what is your two folks value item or recommendation and or or and mm. someone who's listening to the show knits whilst they're listening to the podcast at this moment they are now having to wait for you to decide and they are stopped on a knitting stitch thinking what's he all about taking a walk taking a walk yeah Ooh, good one looking around your wherever you live mm. get to know your town a little better mm. i did that yesterday oh lovely just taking a walk walking around using my legs weird that one don't have leg. to have legs to have a mooch around your city true it was nice yeah oh what did you discover? What did you find? Or what did you uh, experience that was uh, different or new or unexpected? Mm, it was just peaceful. I found a new... Um, or discovered a new uh, part of town hmm. that I haven't been before. Where was that? If you can regale the local listeners. Bjergstedparken. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only been once. Me too. But I had a similar, oh my goodness, isn't this quite something yeah. moment. And then... Did you feel a bit like a Viking? Yeah. yeah. And then I saw the cruise ship 
leaving like leave you (laughs) tourists be gone strange (laughs) foreigners i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean people who aren't from here on a cruise ship here as visitors they look so confused and take pictures of everything Mm. there was talking about taking pictures of everything an asian couple down by um Burger King? Burger King? Burger King. Murder King? Murder King. Murder King. Oh, wow. <laughs> Angry vegan. Uh, I'm going to cut that. Uh, outside Burger King. Mm-hmm. And Murder King. Murder King. They are the first international brand to put into production non-meat-based burgers. Uh, on, a, on a, With the soy-based protein stuff. Really? Mm. Doesn't mm. make it any better. No. But there we go. Uh... The husband was getting ready to take a picture of his wife. Mm. And she was trying to get the seagull to get closer. <laughs> and he was like standing there. Bad idea. <laughs> and she was like, eh, 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 trying to get contact with the seagull. And he was like, nope. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Really? <laughs> yeah. The seagull was ignoring. Yeah, totally. No way. <laughs> and he was just standing there. So ready to take a picture, and he, and she was stretching her arm out. I was like, "Nope, not today, tourists." <laughs> Did I tell you? I hope I haven't, or I'm not going to bore our listeners by saying that I saw a uh, a vibrant and colourful uh, man of the city. Uh, uh, a window cleaner? No, no, not Frank. Um But one of the perhaps uh, there's a group of people who maybe are out of work and they uh, hang out together in different parks around town Um, and one of them I saw very decisively take the cone from an ice cream he'd eaten stick it in his mouth take his hand away so he held it in his mouth pointy pointy cone sticking out and then lunged at a seagull in revenge (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking, what has gone through your head to get to to carry out that wonderful act? That was quite special, and I I don't know. I think there was some poignancy in that. It yeah. was a it was a it had some meaning for him that gesture. Yeah, whether he knew it or not, he is in my head the the beaked man of the street, the cone beaked man, the cone beaked man. <laughs> wreaking havoc revenge on uh, urban seagulls one poke at a time <laughs> um i am going to say that at this time of year as the weather starts to adjust a little bit more autumny uh there's been few moments that have been better um for kind of just generally letting thoughts settle and stuff than um, looking at the moon. And indeed, for that matter, catching good sight of the sun. I like the moon because <laughs> this is close to us. <laughs> I like the moon. What is this? <laughs> it's a song. I've not heard that song. I think you've just made that up. But if you can... Look at the moon. Don't look at the sun for 20 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute because your eyes will hurt a bit. But you can consider the sun. Again, it's getting lower in its arc. There will be less of it. But don't worry. 
Lowering it's always the out there, burning away millions and billions of megatons of fire. Out, it's there. Chill. It's cool. You're all right. Winter will be a little darker, a little cooler for those parts of the world that have it like that. Um, but to look at the moon hanging in the sky just long enough to think, oh my God, that's a massive ball of rock floating in the sky. <laughs> Really helps put things in perspective. Yeah. Uh, I like for the you to then have another sip of your tea. <laughs> and as quiet descends on your mind, that little voice in the back of your head will go, I like the moon because it is close to us. <laughs> I like the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. But not as much as a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if anybody has responded to me mentioning Italo Calvino and the Cosmocomic books I think the first two stories in that are about uh, when a, a time previous millennia before when the moon was closer to the earth and the beings that lived on it would put a ladder up and they'd climb back and forth interesting that would be one long ladder but it wasn't in those times oh. because the orbits were shorter oh, shorter and the ladders was longer yes yeah. And the moon has craters on it on which there is moon-like cheese. Oh, ooh. oh delicious and slightly confusing. I was just cutting off of the moon and eating the moon. It is the moon. It's, it's a little chalky. It's a little cheese. Mm, chalky cheese. Chalk and cheese. Where can people find us? Well, I'm sat right here. I don't know about you. I'm sat right here. Well, they can find us here. If they're yeah. too lazy to do that, then they don't deserve to find two fooks. Yeah. We're here! Come find us. Come find us. But if it is in a digital, non-temporal sense... Where can they find us then? Instagram, Two Fooks. Facebook, Two Fooks. Uh, yeah. And if they'd like to send us an email, they can do that. Two Fooks. No. <laughs> info at twofooks.com. Correct. Mundo. Thank you very much. And... Listeners who've been, uh, we've got feedback, which has been great. I'll say it again. People writing, one person who's listened to all the episodes in the space of about two weeks, which is insanely wonderful, our listener in Portugal, big up to you. And yeah, please people, we got a follower commenting to do with stuff with AI out in Malaysia on our AI episode. Yeah. It's just so amazing. It is amazing. Um, Thank you, everybody. Um, We appreciate it. A lot. We are fucking humbled by we it. We are fucking humbled. Mm. And uh, when you're out and about in your daily busy life, give a fook. Give us your fook. Yeah, let us know what to give a fook about and what you've given a fook about. We'll discuss your fook topic and highlight it. Mm. Give it a fook score. Mm. Move on. Mm. That's efficient fooking. Fooking yeah. efficient. Fooking 101. So, so, until next time. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> That was borderline. <laughs> have to be careful with that. True. All right. Fook the world. Fook the world. Fook. Fook.